The MMA on the Rocks podcast is intended for adult audiences and does contain some explicit content. So if you are not an adult, please make sure your parents do not know you are listening to this and do not repeat anything you hear on this show in front of them. Also a reminder that even if you fight recklessly, please remember to drink responsibly. Now that we have that out of the way, let's get to the show. Welcome to MMA on the Rocks. My name is Bill Welker, and you are listening to episode number 96. Today is Monday, June the 18th, the day after Father's Day. So I hope everybody had really enjoyable Father's Day out there. Uh, I know I did. My first Father's Day, so it was a good time. Uh, Jeff the Animal Wilson is MIA this evening, so you guys are stuck with me. For this episode going solo so father's day yesterday that's why i didn't do an episode i know i usually try to get them done on sundays doesn't always happen i happen to be just sitting in my backyard uh drinking some mccallan which is a nice scotch that i picked up to celebrate father's day you know father's day is not a holiday that every father really gets to celebrate you know you, you kind of have to be an active father and be doing the right thing. So I feel like I don't know what I'm doing as a parent. I'll admit that, but uh, make sure the kid gets fed and that uh, her diaper's clean. And I think I think that about covers it for now. I, I'll, I know I'll have to step it up in the years to come as uh, raising a young daughter gets a lot more difficult with time, I'm sure. But in any case, I felt justified celebrating. So picked up this bottle of McAllen and McAllen is a scotch that I always put up on a pedestal, so to speak. It's one of the first scotches I was introduced to before I really became, uh, I guess more of a whiskey advocate. So McAllen is nice. It's a really smooth scotch. It doesn't have that peaty flavor that some of the scotches have, which give it a real smokiness and is definitely an acquired taste. So this McCallum is a 12-year aged in cherry oak casks. And it's made in Scotland, but the oak casks come from Spain. And sherry is typically a drier wine. So it picks up some of that oakiness, but it doesn't really get a, a smooth uh, a smoky flavor from it. It stays really smooth, really mellow. Uh, it's got a little bit of fruitiness to it, a little bit of sweetness to it. For those watching on YouTube, I'm holding it up here. You can kind of see the, the caramel colors, so it's a little sweet there. And it's a great starting point if you're thinking about getting into scotches. And they're really varied. So you can pick up a bottle of Macallan for like 50 bucks, and then there are bottles that go for hundreds of thousands of dollars um obviously i don't have any of those lying around until the mma on the rocks uh sponsorships really kick in but hey mccallan if you're listening uh reach out and and send some of those over and uh, <laughs> i'll see what i can do for you in any case uh nice father's day sat outside with the mccallan had a hand-rolled cigar from right here in tampa there's a nice uh Nice little Cuban spot in what in a neighborhood of Tampa called Ybor City, where they have like really amazing Cuban coffee, and they roll the cigars 
uh, right in the shop there. It's called Nika Habana. And that's what I did. That was, you know, that was that was my father's day. It was nice. We sat outside and enjoyed the uh, the really humid Florida weather, and it was a good time. So week off from MMA this weekend, which is another reason I put the episode off a day. I figured, you know, we'll let we'll let things simmer a little bit. Uh, fight card coming up this coming Saturday morning in Singapore. I do want to make that distinction for those of you. Who haven't been really paying attention, but UFC Fight Night 132, headlined by Donald Cowboy Cerrone and Leon Edwards, uh, that takes place sometime in the morning on Saturday because it's going to be prime time on the other side of the globe in Singapore. So make sure you make note of that interesting headlining fight here, and I think Donald Cerrone is a very heavy favorite in this. Leon Edwards, not nearly as experienced as cowboy but this is the most dangerous kind of fight for a cowboy because he doesn't do well with strikers who like to pressure which leon edwards is definitely able to do he can definitely turn the pressure on and when that happens to cowboy he's not able to get loose he's a slow starter so if he's pressured in the first round and he can't find a rhythm it's usually bad news for him. We saw that in the fight with Darren Till. We've seen that in his two fights with Rafael Dos Santos. We saw that in his fight with Nate Diaz. Uh, his best performances come when he's loose, uh, like his last fight against Yancey Medeiros, where they were kind of palling around and hugging it out and decided they were just going to be relaxed and have a, a strike fest. And, you know, he, Cowboy finds his rhythm, and that's when he's at his best. Now, whether or not Leon Edwards is experienced enough to be able to pressure Cowboy like that, because it is, it, it, it does weigh a lot the fact that Leon Edwards is getting in there with by far the biggest name he's ever been inside the cage with. And, and you know, that could make a difference. And we'll see, uh, we'll see what we get. I think. Uh, I was just looking at the UFC website and I think something like uh, 70% of people are picking Cowboy Cerrone to win, obviously because he's the bigger name, but Leon Edwards definitely capable of getting it done uh, in this, his first main event here. So the, the fight for those of you who listened last week, the fight I'm most excited about Tyson Pedro and Ovin St. Preux. Uh, this is a really awesome fight. And these two guys, uh, Ovin St. Preux has been, you know, in and out of the top five uh, recently. And Tyson Pedro just recovered from his first career loss against Alir Latifi, came back and he looked great in his last fight, got a first round submission. So this is a really interesting fight for me. I'm really excited to see young guys in the division that's very dry right now, to say the least. So, We'll see uh, what happens. I expect fireworks in that in that fight. And then Jessica Rose Clark and Jessica I will be a great fight. Jing Liang Li, who is uh, one of the top prospects out of China. And I feel like he's been on the cusp of being uh, a breakout star for a while now, which, you know, it'd be great for the UFC to have a, a big star to hang their hat on from China because that's such a huge market over there um so jingliang he's 
a really well-rounded fighter. Uh, he can grapple, he can strike, he can box. And, uh, you know, that should be pretty interesting fight. Uh, looking down the card here, seeing what else catches my eye. And, okay, not a lot. So not a lot of known names on this card, which is a good thing. Those are usually really interesting cards. So uh, Vivian Perea against Zionan Yan. So Yan is a, a young Chinese fighter, and she has put on some great performances uh, in her career. So uh, another young star out of China, she had a great fight with Kaylin Curran back in November, and I think this is going to be a really exciting fight. So Yan is 8-1, Perea is 13-1, so... Uh, that's one to keep your eye on. They, that may be one of the sleeper fights on the card. Definitely a, an interesting uh, women's fight there. And yeah, that's really it. I, I, I don't see anything that's really jumping off the page here. You also have on Thursday night, believe it or not, Professional Fight League, which used to be World Series of Fighting. They, they rebranded, and now they're doing this whole tournament where uh, they're, they're doing basically doing a tournament for every weight division, and if you win the championship, you win a million dollars, which is pretty cool. It's, uh, it's great marketing, but nobody seems to know about it. This is the second PFL event. It's going to be at the Chicago Theater in Chicago. It's on a Thursday night. And it's got some really great MMA talent on this card. It's headlined by Luis Firmino and Will Brooks. You may remember Will Brooks. He was a highly touted prospect who came over from Bellator and just couldn't find his stride in the UFC for whatever reason. A lot of people thought he was going to do really well, and it just never came together for him. Uh, you have uh, Efren Escudero, who's a, who's on tough season, I want to say six or seven, one of the really early ones. He's going to be fighting Jason high Ramsey Nijem, who is another, uh, tough prospect fighting Brian Foster, Kayla Harrison, making her MMA debut on this card. Kayla, uh, the first female to ever win an Olympic gold medal in judo. And I had the opportunity to train with Kayla when I was back in New Jersey at Henzo Gracie's and she's just an awesome person. She has a really great story, such a tough competitor. I have no doubt that she will probably find success in MMA because she's just that kind of driven competitor. Um, you know, very much like a like a Ronda Rousey, I guess you can compare it to because you know, Ronda was Olympic Judica as well. But I think Kayla's on another level. So it'll be interesting to see her make her debut. She's fighting Brittany Elkin, who is three and four in MMA. And don't let the record fool you because, uh, you know, she's got experience in the cage, which is a totally different world. I mean, Kayla has experience on the highest level competition in judo, but I think it's just a different animal when you get locked inside that cage. There's just something about it uh, that throws people off their game plans, even even the highest level, level of competitor. But I, again, I have no doubt that that she'll be able to find success in MMA. So Tiago Tavares... And Robert Watley, Tavares, another uh, longtime UFC competitor on here. And uh, 
Vinny Magalhaes is on here, and he's fighting a guy who's two and two. So you got kind of a mixed bag of talent. So you have some high-level guys and girls here. Uh, it should be an interesting thing. Hey, if you got nothing to do on Thursday night, then why not, right? So we got that going on. Dana White's Tuesday Night Contender Series is going on as well, and the Ultimate Fighters wrapping up too. So, hey, if you wanted to, you got something going on pretty much every weeknight this week uh, if you wanted to. I want to talk a little bit about the Tuesday Night Contender Series from last week. So for those who don't know, the Tuesday Night Contender Series is something that started, uh, I believe, last fall. We're going to the beach, Billy! Oh, okay. And uh, <laughs> we got, we have, <laughs> we have a stowaway. I don't know what to say. <laughs> halfway through the episode, Jeff the Animal Wilson comes to life. Jeff, how you doing on this late Monday evening? As we're halfway through the episode here, and you're you're storming the set. Bill, I'm so sorry. I just got out of jujitsu. Uh, it, uh, it was an eight o'clock class and I stayed for a couple of extra rolls and I didn't have my phone on me, but Bill, where are we at? What are we talking about? You're a beast, Jeff. I admire you. Yeah. I'm also oh. sweaty because it's really, really humid in NJ today. Um, <laughs> dude, we even had a half day at school because it was so unbearably hot. I'm, I'm digging the energy, Jeff. I think we should always record, uh, after you come out of jujitsu. Cause like I, I, uh, I did a geek class myself tonight and I'm, I'm kind of dragging a little bit. I was debating whether or not I was even going to do this this week. But you know why I had to do it? Because you're coming to visit in a couple of weeks. And I think we're on track to do episode number 100 while you're going to be here in person in the studio. So, uh, and it's International Fight Week. What better time to have Jeff the Animal Wilson uh, live and in person? In any case, so what I talked about so far, I went into the fight night. 132 from Singapore, which we talked about last week, which is going to be this Saturday morning. And I just was going over the Jeff. Did you know there was a PFL fight card this Thursday? Uh, I actually had no idea who's on it. Anybody we know? Yeah. So it's headlined by uh, Will Brooks, and he's fighting a guy named Luis Firmino. And then a whole bunch of tough alumni on here. You got Efren Escadero, Ramsey Nijem, uh, who else is on here? Tiago Tavares, UFC alum, and Vicky, uh, Vinny Magalhaes. And then uh, Kayla Harrison making her MMA debut. So Olympic Judica Kayla Harrison. So I just kind of went over this whole card. Uh, but any thoughts on any of those names that popped up there for a Thursday night card? Yeah, dude, Najim, I know he's a really good striker. I, I was actually really impressed with him when he was on the Ultimate Fighter, I believe, the season before this one or the one before, but really impressed with him, so I kind of want to check him out. And Kayla Harrison, Bill, um, she's actually good friends with uh, my black belt, who is Alan Teo, who used to be your black belt as well when you were living up here. Uh, so she's come to the gym a few times along with um, Travis Stevens. I'm excited to see her fight, dude. She's um, she's pretty jacked, and I'm sure that all those judo throws are going to come in handy. I'm sure that her hand fighting, her grips are going to be really, really good. So I'm, I'm really excited to see her work on the ground. Yeah, for sure. I I don't think... I don't think there's there's anyone they're going to put in front of her that she can't put 
on their back. Uh, but yeah, she, uh, they have her listed here at 165 pounds. I think that's what she competed at in judo. If I'm not mistaken, at 74 kilograms, but I imagine she, she'll probably fight as a bantamweight. So, uh, you know, maybe her debut has been put off because she's been trimming down or, or changing something up with her training. Maybe not as much strength training who knows, but, uh, I'm with you, Jeff. I'm definitely excited to see, uh, Kayla Harrison make her debut. And so I was talking about the Tuesday night contender series. So I was starting to explain that if you don't know what it is, it's on UFC fight pass, basically five, uh, fights with all unsigned top talent. Uh, you get a lot of undefeated fighters last year. They did a whole thing. They had Snoop Dogg doing the commentary with Uriah Faber and kind of caught on a little bit. So I think this is the platform they're using to phase out the ultimate fighter and make it more just about the fights. So out of the five fights on Tuesday night, Dana White will typically give out two contracts. Sometimes he makes exceptions, sometimes not. Uh, did you catch the Tuesday night contender series from this past Tuesday, Jeff? I did not. Unfortunately, I don't have fight pass and honestly, Bill, I refuse, I refuse to get it. <laughs> All right. Well, uh, there, yeah. I mean, there's always the internet. You can always go back and watch these somewhere after they've aired. But in any case, the main event was between two, uh, really big light heavyweights, Alonzo Menafield. And Deshaun Boatwright, uh, Menafield getting the TKO in eight seconds, I believe. Uh, some people thought it was an early stoppage. I think it was fine. It was a totally acceptable stoppage. So Menafield was on the last season of Tuesday Night Contender Series. And I guess he just, uh, I, I forget what happened, but he had a good showing, but he didn't get the contract. So he wanted to leave no questions uh, this time around. So he finished the fight in eight seconds. So obviously he got one of the contracts. The other contract, unfortunately went to uh, former NFL player, Greg Hardy, who was fighting another former NFL player, Austin lane. And these guys were both O and O going into this. I believe now I say, unfortunately, because Greg Hardy had an issue with domestic violence. I know we brought this up last week jeff but i wasn't sure exactly what he had done i knew he was some kind of asshole uh it turns out he's a very big asshole and i, I would like to put things more delicately than that but there's not really many ways to say it so in 2014 greg hardy um beat the shit out of his then girlfriend nicole holder and you know I'm all for everybody getting second chances. This is what Dana White said. Everybody deserves a second chance. But I think there are exceptions to every rule. You know, if he had if he had mugged somebody or like eh, robbed a liquor store or, you know, done some kind of misdemeanor, but you know, he he really um beat the hell out of this girl and and I was reading her story and she said she thought she was gonna die. And this is a huge man. He's 265 pounds, uh, you know, NFL defensive end or whatever he was. So monstrous, probably juiced up steroids. And I believe he also had a drug problem. 
So he was convicted on these battery charges against his girlfriend, but then uh, he appealed and his girlfriend did not show up for the appeal. So the charges were dropped. Now this means one of two things. She was intimidated to not show up to court or she was paid off. I'm guessing it was the latter. She was probably paid off. So uh, yeah, I'm all for second chances. Maybe if this guy had taken his sentence and done a little time and he came out and he had gone through some anger management or some rehab, uh, he threw money at the problem and it went away, which is a big deal to me. And I have to definitely disagree with Dana White's perspective here. Now, I'm a big supporter of Dana White. He's done more for the sport of MMA than any single person, hands down. Uh, we would not even be having this show right now if it wasn't for Dana White. But I have to disagree with him on this one. I think it's a really poor decision to give a guy like this a chance. Um, you know, the NFL didn't want to have anything to do with him. Uh, I believe he had another narcotics charge after the battery thing. Uh, I feel like if you're the type of person who does something like this, that's not something that changes, especially if you don't see any consequences from it. He threw money at it. The problem went away. Uh, you know, he didn't go through the legal system, you know, aside from the inconvenience of a few court dates. And, you know, this poor girl's life is changed forever. Uh, that's not something that you can just uh, shake off with, with, uh, you know, some meditation or anything like that. That's a really scary thing. Um, and I hate to see a person like this involved in the sport because we've, we've come such a long way, Jeff, you know, when you and I got into the sport, it wasn't even legal in New York state where I'm from and where you're close to being from. And, uh, we've seen it take so many strides and, and, uh, we've been knocked down a couple of pegs by, you know, some guys doing stupid things and war machine comes to mind. Uh, former uh, tough competitor who uh, almost beat his girlfriend to death. His girlfriend, um, the porn star, her name escapes me. Uh, you remember it, Jeff? Nah. Uh, in any case, uh, these are the kinds of thugs that we don't need associated with the sport of MMA because the biggest criticism, uh, you know, is that it's barbaric, but, you know, uh, again and again, we have to bring up these points that 80% of the guys in the UFC have college degrees and things like this. And, and uh, it's actually less head trauma than boxing. And we have to go through all these things. Every time one of these guys fucks up and does something stupid. Now you put this guy who's just like putting a loaded gun in there, you know, you're playing Russian roulette here and yeah, he could end up being a big star and he's got, he's got the celebrity behind him. So I understand why Dana White is taking this chance, but uh, I don't like it, Jeff. Uh, I'm not a fan of it. So uh, any thoughts? I know I just threw a lot of information at you, but any thoughts on uh, Dana White signing Greg Hardy after his Tuesday Night Contender Series performance? I think it's a bad look, man. Uh, I'm not crazy about it. Uh, like you said, you know, these, these athletes represent not only the sport, but also all of the UFC. They represent the highest caliber of this sport and like you said you know a couple years ago it wasn't legal in new york years before that it you know it took so long to convince people that this was worth fighting for and putting on the best stage and like you said it was barbaric in the beginning there were no rules no gloves and to give this guy a chance i feel like we're going back to the old ways and and it's not how you move forward but you don't move forward by going back and 
Bill, I mean, the only bright side is that, I mean, the guys he's going to go up against in the UFC, they're going to hit back, and they're going to hit a lot harder than his ex-girlfriend. So I hope uh, she can recover from this someday. I hope that she can one day live a normal life without fear. And, Bill, I hope this dude gets knocked out at some point. I mean, I try not to be biased, but I'm only human. So hopefully yeah. he goes up against Derek Lewis soon. Yeah, I definitely understand that reaction. And I, I think a lot of people have been saying the same thing, like wait until Derek Lewis gets his hands on him. And Derek Lewis has even called him out because we know Derek Lewis is not a big fan of this. You know, Travis Brown had his allegations uh, for abusing his ex-wife. And uh, I, I don't believe he was ever convicted of anything. Uh, so I don't, I don't know what the full story was there, but Derek Lewis wanted to fight him for that reason. I'm not really a fan of this uh, just because I feel like it takes away from the martial arts aspect. You know, we're not here to have some sort of vigilante justice system. I want to see two competitors like a Stipe Miocic and Daniel Cormier uh, who, who want to test their skills against each other. I don't want to see guys going in there to, to, uh, you know, bludgeon a guy who who's made some really poor decisions in his life. I don't think that's what the sport should be about. Um, and had I had I known all these things about Greg Hardy uh, before the Tuesday Night Contender Series, I probably wouldn't have been uh, in such a rush to watch it. You know, I, I want to. I remembered it was on on Tuesday night, and I I rushed home and and put it on. And uh, don't get me wrong, he had an impressive performance, but he had it against. Uh, a guy who was also making his pro debut, I believe. Uh, in any case, uh, some other guys who who looked really good on the uh, contender series. Uh, I want to kind of get away from the negativity of Hardy here because, as you can see, it gets me a, a little bit riled up to talk about. But Chris Curtis and Sean Lally had a really uh, interesting fight. So Chris Curtis has more of a boxing style, and Sean Lally comes from the Sitgadong uh, gym up in Boston which is a, a Muay Thai gym. So it was that boxing style against the Muay Thai style. And Chris Curtis was just piecing Lolly up for most of this fight. And then in the third round, Lolly kind of made a comeback and he was just pressuring Curtis. And, uh, you know, it was a good fight. Curtis coming away with the victory. Uh, I believe he got a TKO at the end of the third round and then he had to be transported to the hospital. But I, I would have preferred to see a guy like that uh, get the opportunity. And then... We also have coming up uh, Valentina Shevchenko's sister, I believe, is uh, I think Antonina is her name. She's five and zero. Oh. She's going to be the the main event of the Contender Series next week. Uh, Nick Newell is going to be on the Contender Series at some point. I believe they're saving him for later in the season. He is, of course, the uh, fighter with one arm who only has one loss as a professional, and it was a decision loss to Justin Gaethje. Uh, so former champion in world series of fighting, I believe. So definitely deserving of a shot at the UFC. A lot of people have been calling for him to get a chance in the UFC and just to be placed in the UFC and get signed. But, uh, Dana White decided to do it this way. Uh, of course, you know, it opens up a lot of conversations having a one arm fighter, uh, in, in professional mixed martial arts. So, uh, a lot of stuff actually going on. And then, Let's see. What else did you miss, Jeff? Oh, I was talking about this McAllen scotch I was drinking yesterday for Father's Day that I picked up there. Decided to uh, do a little celebrating on my own. 
and uh, it's a really nice scotch. I'm going to save some of this for you uh, when you're down here in a couple of weeks. It's a slow sipper. Got to do it with some Cuban cigars. Um, and then the only other piece of news that came up, I want to get your thoughts on this. Steven Wonderboy Thompson wants to ban front sidekicks to the lead leg because it can really tear your knee apart. He tore his MCL in his fight against Darren Till, and he felt that Darren Till was trying to permanently injure him with the uh, front leg sidekicks to the knee. And, you know, we've seen Robert Whitaker get badly injured in the first fight against Yoel Romero with this technique. Um, I think most people are of the feeling that, you know, you're getting in a cage fight. You should expect to get injured. But uh, I don't know. Do you have a, a different opinion on this, Jeff, about uh, banning this move? Or, or have you heard about this at all? Yeah, I've never been a fan of this. Um, even when John Jones started using it, uh, I think it's called, I think he calls it an oblique kick or something. Mm -hmm. But I've never been a fan of it. I feel like it's too easy to injure somebody's knee. And, you know, I get it. You're using strategy, um, you're taking away their movement and stuff. But that's what leg kicks are for, you know? Um, so, like I said, not a big fan of the kicks to the kneecaps. I feel like uh, there's so many parts to the knee, and all of those are really, really easy to injure. Uh, so not a fan, Bill. Yeah, I, I can understand his concerns. And, it, you know, nobody should be in there trying to injure their opponent so that they can't compete anymore. But you definitely do want to do whatever possible to win the fight. So I can see that. I mean, Stephen Thompson has used the leg kicks as well. I feel like he's more susceptible to it because of his sideways stance with which uh, Robert Whitaker kind of uses sometimes too. when he opens his stance up a little bit. So I think you have to kind of adjust to it. I mean, Robert Whitaker adjusted and he came back in the second fight against Yoel Romero and he was using those front leg side kicks uh, to the knee on Romero. So, uh, you know, maybe it's a matter of adjusting your game plan. Of course, we don't want to see anybody, uh, you know, get permanently injured. And I think of it this way too, like you can get your knee blown apart with a knee bar or a heel hook, but you have the opportunity to tap. You feel the pressure kind of coming on with the kick. It's just kind of an instant. That's it. You're injured. Your, your knee is blown. Uh, so you don't have the opportunity really to tap or, you know, before the damage is done. So that's the only difference there, but I was listening to Ray Longo and uh, he uh, he said, well, next thing guys are going to say like, oh, he's trying to punch me in the face. He was really trying to injure me. <laughs> like, where did he draw the line? Uh, I love Ray Longo. He's a character. Yeah, I, I that's why I, I like listening to the Anik and Florian podcast on Mondays. So I usually listen to them on the way home from the gym. They usually put it out in time for that. So anyway... I think that's all we got for this week. Uh, we got, uh, you know, we have the, the card Saturday morning in Singapore. And then after that, we got some time off. And then you're going to be here visiting, Jeff. We got uh, the Ultimate Fighter finale, which is going to be headlined by Israel Adesanya and Brad Tavares as the main event. And then. After that, we have Cormier and Stipe. So we got a lot of build-up time to kind of break that card down uh, and and start talking about, you know, what the Ultimate Fighter finale is going to look like and everything like that. 
so this is season 27 coming to a close. Uh, any other thoughts on anything else going on, Jeff? Um, just some quick World Cup stuff for you, Bill. My pick to win it, Germany lost to Mexico. Uh, super impressive. I thought Mexico was difficult to break down, and they were good on the counterattack. So good for them that they got the win. But my other pick, Belgium, beat Panama 3-0 today, Bill. So I still have faith in them. We'll see how uh -huh. this goes. All right, so you're going with like the beer brewing companies, uh, countries. Right. You want New Germany, New Belgium, yeah. one of my favorites. And I believe I picked Brazil last week, and they tied uh, with their opponent, uh, who they were supposed to beat. I think was it Sweden? Uh, I was Switzerland, but uh, okay. actually, funny you mentioned that. I was in Newark yesterday in the Ironbound area, which has a really big Brazilian population. So I was partying up with the Brazilians as we watched brazil not get the job done <laughs> all right well they tied so at least they didn't lose i guess <laughs> not off to a bad start yeah but i guess tying is just as bad as losing i don't really know uh if you want to follow more world cup action definitely follow jeff the animal wilson on twitter at animal underscore wilson and if you want to see zero tweets about the world cup you can follow me at MMA on the rocks. Uh, also Instagram, Facebook, anywhere else on the internet, you know, reach out. We always love a good conversation about soccer, or booze or fighting, anything of the sorts. Mostly booze and fighting though. Yeah. Mostly that for sure. And, uh, you know, if you're into the soccer stuff, you know, Jeff's your guy, he knows a lot about it. So, uh, that's all we got for this week. Thanks for tuning in. If you're digging the show, uh, please uh, leave us a review and thank you to everybody who has done so, so far. And that's it. I don't know when we'll be back, but it'll be sometime. We got to stay on pace to hit episode 100 while Jeff's here in the flesh. All right. Until next time. Cheers, everybody. Goodbye. Goodbye.